the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to today's edition of The Plum Line, brought to you by Reasons for Hope, training and equipping a new generation to stand boldly on the Word of God. You can find information about them at r4h.com. That's the letter R, then F-O-R-H.com. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, and I continue my visit with Michael Rechtenwald discussing the Great Reset from a Biblical Worldview on the Plum Line. You can reach out to me, share your thoughts, comments about the broadcast. Maybe you want to share a guest or topic idea with me. I would love to hear from you. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Plum is P L U M B. The Plum Line Radio at gmail.com. Stay tuned. Support for The Plum Line is provided by these fine business sponsors. EPS Wealth Management of Phoenix, who serves clients in several states. Call them for a no-cost, no-obligation conversation about your financial concerns. 623-537-3657. Abundant Life Landscape, your irrigation repair specialist. Call them at 619-277-2410. And by Charles McLucas, Jr., founder and CEO of Charitable Trust Administrators, Inc. Learn about the benefits of a charitable remainder trust at ctai-ca.com. Support for The Plum Line is also provided by Simple Turn. Their online health resources teach your kids how health really works and how to avoid 90% of chronic disease. Get your family's free health course at mysimpleturn.com. On today's edition of The Plum Line, I'm continuing my visit with Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, distinguished fellow at Hillsdale College and a presidential candidate in the Libertarian Party. He's also written a book. Well, he's written, I'm sure, more than a book. But uh, the book that we're looking at is The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty that you can find at michaelrechtenwald.com. That last name is R-E-C-T-E-N-W-A-L-D, michaelrechtenwald.com. And talking about The Great Reset from a Biblical Worldview. I should mention, as we start off here, Michael, that if folks missed the first part of this, they can find it places where they go for podcasts. Go to Spotify, for example, put in the plumb line with Jay Rudolph, and you're going to want to do that because we're not going to go back over the ground of an explanation of, you know, just everything that's entailed with the Great Reset. I'm going to kind of come into this one assuming that people are familiar with it or that they, you know, will go back and listen to that first edition here. But um, I want to start off right with one of the things that was kind of a foundational plank for the Great Reset, and it deals with the fact that uh, they were preparing for a pandemic, they meaning those who were involved with you know the Great Reset, were preparing for a pandemic before the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. came uh, and had a couple of uh, events or research things that were taking place, right? Yes, there was at least two pandemic exercises, or they call them simulations. The WEF, that's the World Economic Forum, collaborated with Johns Hopkins Center for Health and Security to conduct two pandemic exercises or simulations. One was called Cladex, and this was in May of 2018, and they simulated the response to a novel strain of a human parainfluenza virus, 
and they effectively precast a lot of what they would do uh, in response to COVID. But then, uh, even more close to the event of COVID in October of 2019, the World Economic Forum collaborated with Johns Hopkins again, and this time with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to do another simulation called Event 201. And this particular simulation was a simulation of a response to a novel coronavirus. And this was two months before the COVID outbreak in China became news. And just a few months before the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic. So in those pandemic exercises, the participants in this simulation, they actually executed, you know, in a simulated way, all of the responses to COVID-19 in advance of it actually happening. Their responses included lockdowns, the collapse of businesses and industries, the adoption of biometric surveillance technologies, uh, an emphasis on social media censorship to combat misinformation, and the flooding of uh, social and legacy media with so-called authoritative sources, widespread riots and mass unemployment. All of this was predicted by the pandemic exercises. So. I'll leave it to the listeners to decide whether this was just uncanny prescience, that is, almost prophetic forethought on the part of these people, or whether they had something to do with the actual events. Mm, Yeah. And just kind of an interesting side note that you bring up a little bit in the article here that I'm looking at, is it's kind of interesting that some of those industries that, I think you used the phrase, that are that were naturally resilient to the pandemic are ones that are part of the whole Great Reset movement. Uh, companies like Apple and Google, Facebook, Amazon, you know, of course the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Windows and things like that too. So, uh, Yeah, they, they all benefited greatly from the COVID response. While all of these, uh, you know, small businesses, millions uh, went out of business that were driven out of business. Those companies, they had record profits and record income during that pandemic. And this accelerates the kind of rate reset towards the kind of economic system they want, which is a kind of feudalism with a kind of a few oligarchs on top with everybody else living in basically a socialist state with no opportunities, you know, kind of like in a static social order where you don't have any prospects. You're just living hand to mouth on the allotments that you're given by the state or what have you. They don't want any upward mobility anymore at all. Yeah, and so the pandemic was one of the things that they you know, used to kind of usher in this, what you call a bewildering economic amalgam. I'm kind of uh, taking the liberty here of quoting from the column because you, you expressed this so very well. Some of the thoughts on this are that it's, or uh, other terms for it, corporate socialism, and Italian philosophers called it communist capitalism. And so I'm just kind of bringing that up because it'll help our listeners understand from an economic standpoint uh, some of the things that yeah. are hoped for here by the great reset folks but then there's also this social justice aspect too that i wanted to get to that uh, a bit and we see this kind of in in social credit scores that china i know is is big into this and i wouldn't doubt that uh, many other countries probably are already too but uh, explain what we mean by this kind of social justice aspect well the social justice aspect is is this kind of supposed redistribution scheme which they mean to use to uh, keep track of the companies or even an individual's 
uh, social justice quotient, if you will. And that is, how well do you treat so-called beleaguered minorities? Do you hire, do you promote LGBTQ people, uh, et cetera, et cetera? So it is a kind of forced uh, redistribution system. It's socialism through the corporation now. That's what's very deceptive about this is that they're instituting socialism through banks, asset managers, and corporations. And they're using this ESG, that's the Environmental, Social, and Governance Index on the stock market to do this. So companies are graded by how well they meet these criteria. Environmental, of course, is climate. Social is the social justice aspect. And governance is how how well do they comply with the government. And that index is driving all kinds of companies out of business while they benefit these particular preferred companies. And everybody is effectively controlled through this system. And BlackRock's Larry Fink, uh, BlackRock Inc., it's the largest asset manager in the world is totally signed onto this, as are all of the top 10 asset managers. And that means they will not give capital investments to companies that don't meet these criteria. So that's how they're using finance to control uh, individuals and companies using this ESG index. Mm, yeah, and just kind of helping and uh, trying to speak from the aspect here of the listener that's unfamiliar with all all of this, and that's probably a lot of us. The ESG index, as you mentioned, it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance Index, and it's uh, basically a social credit score. And it right. is there to affect or modify behavior. And yeah, as you brought up too, and this kind of the, the other acronym that I'm thinking of is the DEI. You brought that up earlier too, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if, if corporations nowadays, if they don't have these social governance scores, they don't have the DEI policies in place, they're not going to be able to get to investments. That is kind of what you're saying, right? That's exactly what I'm saying. And I would also add to this from the Christian perspective is this is a false kind of virtue that they're trying to use to supplant a Christian morality or biblical-based morality with this kind of new moral system that you're degraded on by the state and the global governance system. They are now going to grade you. In their terms, this is your salvation quotient. If you don't meet that quotient, you're in trouble. That's what they want to impose on us. Some thought that came to my mind now, is China kind of a model for what their the Great Reset is trying to do here, try to accomplish? Yes. Yes. I, I want to be very clear. China is the model they're actually basing the Great Reset on. They want to impose a Chinese-style system on the whole world, and they want to start with the West. What does that mean? A state-controlled economy. You do have some for-profit companies but they're controlled by the state and they're largely monopolies and everybody else lives under what's called actually existing socialism. They don't have access to capital. They don't have access to uh, ownership even. Uh, So ownership gets outmoded because as the World Economic Forum has stated, uh, they stated this explicitly on their website, by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. And that's the kind of world they want to usher in, Uh, a world in which the vast majority have no property, have no rights, uh, you know, effectively all their rights controlled or given to them through these global governance masters 
Whereas we consider our rights endowed by God, they consider the rights allowable privileges given to us by them. Mm, Wow. Well, I want to spend some time talking a bit about um, what we, as followers of Jesus Christ, what we can do here, some action steps and things, which we'll do that in the final segment. But we also want to talk about uh, 4IR, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution that you bring up in your article. And so we'll get to that next, if uh, folks can stick around. And I do hope you can. If you have to you know, get going and can't catch the rest of this, as I mentioned earlier, you can find it at places where you go for podcasts, Spotify, I take, for example, but uh, just about everywhere you go for podcasts. Podcast, you can look up The Plumb Line with Jay Rudolph and uh, check it out there, and I encourage you to do that. You can also reach out to me to share your thoughts, comments, questions about the broadcast, or maybe you want to share some support. The Plumb Line is a listener-supported Christian radio ministry, and you can reach out at this email to find out how to support. It's Radio at gmail.com, Radio at gmail.com. Remember, Plum has a B at the end of it. Stay tuned. I am so pleased to have Reasons for Hope as the national sponsor of The Plumb Line. The mission of both of our ministries is to proclaim the gospel and to train people to look at every topic and issue from a biblical worldview. You can discover more about their many fabulous resources and their debunked video series or request one of the R4H speakers for your event or maybe attend an equipped youth retreat or rally all at r4h.com. To learn about the Plumb Line's partnership with Reasons for Hope, check out the blog postings at r4h.com, and you can find the Plumb Line station directory and podcast link at r4h.com slash theplumbline. Be sure to leave a note saying thanks to Reasons for Hope for supporting the Plumb Line. Open Door Financial was founded with the inspiration of using biblical wisdom to create financial plans and investment strategies that lead to financial peace and build the kingdom of God. We guide families and small business owners on how to save money, reduce taxes, get out of debt, build enough retirement income, and be more generous. We help you discover God's plan for your finances and fulfill your God-given dreams and purpose. Call Jason Batt at Open Door Financial at 619-794-7133. That's 619-794-7133 or visit opendoor-financial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Centaurus Financial, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. Open Door Financial and Centaurus Financial are not affiliated entities. Proverbs Payments is a partner with The Plumb Line in helping me to raise the funds necessary for broadcasting this gospel-proclaiming show. Proverbs Payments is a Christian credit card processing company who is kingdom-focused instead of profit-focused. To learn about how they can benefit your business or ministry, visit ProverbsPayments.com. Thanks for joining me for The Plumb Line. I'm your host, Jay Rudolph, on the broadcast today. I am joined by Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, Distinguished Fellow at Hillsdale College. He has a book, The Great Reset and the Struggle for Liberty. You can find it at michaelrechtenwald.com. We're talking about The Great Reset from a Biblical Worldview. And, Michael, there's something that comes up here in your column and the talk that you gave about this. I'm sure you've given this talk many times. That is called 4IR for short, or the Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is entirely new to me, so I'm going to just let you take it away and explain what you mean by that. Okay, the Fourth Industrial Revolution involves what they're calling a new industrial revolution. The first was, of course, mechanical, and there was electrical, and then digital And now the fourth industrial revolution is a merging of all kinds of technologies 
including like quantum computing, you know, the digital world, the digitization of everything and the emergence of big data and artificial intelligence, of course, machine learning, uh, nanotechnology and robotics. All of these are the elements of the fourth industrial revolution. And they suggest that the fourth industrial revolution will actually also change what it means to be human, because they talk about the merging of the physical, digital, and biological worlds. And this challenges the very notion of what it means to be a human being. They state this straight up. So what they're talking about here is a new technological management system, uh, which would give total surveillance over everything, including every move you make, but also what's happening inside your body. Yoel Harari has said, he's a, uh, an advisor to the World Economic Forum, that they don't want just surveillance over what you do. They also want to know what's going on under your skin. And this also includes your thoughts, uh, because they also, as part of the fourth industrial revolution, they boast about what they're calling brain cloud interfacing, in which your brain is directly connected to the internet or the cloud. And there is a two-way transmission between your brain and the cloud. Now, I'll leave it to the listeners to understand the implications of that. Two-way transmission between your brain and the cloud. I guess I'll spell it out. This means thought control. This means being able to know what you're thinking and also being able to supplant your thoughts with other inputs coming from, from the cloud itself, which, of course, would be programmed into the system through AI. Uh, so the fourth industrial revolution is a technological management system that would make the NSA, for example, look like child's play. And this would mean the acceleration of the merging of humans and machines and the possibilities that every thought, action, and motivation is known, predicted, and even possibly precluded. So that's what it is. Some of the elements of them I've already mentioned, like the central bank digital currency, the brain cloud interfacing, uh, what they call the Internet of Bodies, which puts your body on the Internet. That means your body's read all of its systems are registered in the cloud, and they would have all this information about everything, including your thoughts. So that's all very scary. And that's something that we need to resist because this is not only going to make life like a tyranny, techno-tyranny, but it also will, you know, preclude your possibility of actually having a connection to God because they want to replace it with these uh, brain cloud interface connections to the cloud. Mm, yeah, yeah. You brought up earlier the mark of the beast, and we don't know if this is how you know the mark of the beast will take place or not. We do know there will be a mark of the beast. You can read about it in Revelation, but you know we certainly can look at this and say this could obviously be a precursor, or maybe it could actually be eventually because they're talking yeah. about you know accomplishing this via, I would imagine, via some sort of microchip implanted under the skin. Is that how this would likely take place, or? Uh, there'd be a lot of inputs coming from under your skin, uh, in your body. It would be ingestible nanobots, nanotechnology, nanorobots connected to the, to the neurons uh, of your neocortex. Uh, all of this transmitting data to the cloud. You know, and the clouds are going to be controlled, of course, by corporate state entities. So this means possibly supplanting your thoughts 
with their inputs and controlling you through technology, almost like you're a remote control robot. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I know I've given a fair amount of thought to this and realizing that it's going to start off most likely as something that seems like super convenient. Like, you know, you take this chip under the skin and now you can unlock uh, your car or whatever with uh, that. You can uh, do all your transactions, your financial transactions, pay for your food or whatever by just having the chip under your skin scanned or whatever. And it seems like, and just like deception is, seems like this is going to be a great thing, but it can be transformed into something that you never would have anticipated, uh, couldn't it? Yeah, well, that's exactly right. They're going to use terms like convenience, inclusion, equity, and things like this. These are watchwords to listen for. These words should throw off alarms because when they talk in these terms, when they say inclusion, this is totalitarianism. When they say equity, that means no, no, no freedom. And when they say sustainability, that means control over all of your behavior, all of your consumption, and even your reproduction. These are the, I've mined the history of these terms in order to explicate that these are what these terms actually signify. That's what's buried in this language. As we think about this, I was just reflecting here to uh, some comments that I was reading. Sometimes you can get caught up in the comments. It was another article about the Great Reset somebody else wrote, and there was you know all the comments that come on the, <laughs> the bottom of there. You can spend hours a lot of times looking at those. I try to avoid those. But this time I caught one particular one that the guy was just going on and on about how this is just a big conspiracy theory and all of that. And I wanted you to comment on that because I have a feeling there are a lot of people that feel this is just you know a bunch of conspiracy. And what do you say to that? Well... They have made these plans very, very clear, and this is not a conspiracy. It's actually an avowed and open plan. All of this can be read in the World Economic Forum's literature, in the United Nations literature, and uh, there's nothing clandestine about it. So to be a conspiracy, it has to be hidden. Now, I will say something about this, is that I think that these people... They do say some things that will lead people into conspiratorial rabbit holes. And I think they do it on purpose so that they can dub anybody who criticizes or questions this into a so-called conspiracy theorist and therefore discount what they say and deflect attention away from what they're doing. So I believe they intentionally try to generate so-called conspiracy theories on purpose in order to discount and discredit all critics. That's what they're up to. Mm, thank you for bringing that up. That is a very important thing to note. Well, we have just uh, about three minutes or so left, and so I'm not giving you a lot of time. I wish I was giving you a little bit more, but I, I want to have you share kind of a summary as well as what we as followers of Jesus Christ can and should do. And I think, uh, I guess, one thing we've already kind of talked about, and that is, you know, I wouldn't take anything under my skin uh, is, is one, but yeah. uh, what, what things can we do? Yes, yeah, so, so I have a nine-point plan for resisting this. And let me say from the outset that we will only be a remnant of people who will resist. And I know that has biblical overtones. I mean that to have those overturned. So you have to refuse the central bank digital currency. You have to reject the installation of devices in your body, including wearables and reject nanobots, any kind of things under the skin, reject enhancements, as they'll call them. That's another word they're going to use to try to make this very enticing. Reject the metaverse where they want you to dwell in a kind of simulated reality. Reject blame-called interfaces. Reject the digital identity. 
which is going to be surreptitiously introduced, reduce your dependence on the state, if not eliminating it entirely, disengage as much as possible from most establishment institutions, including most of the educational institutions, because they're, they're brainwashing people through these institutions, as we know. And uh, you have to try to remain as independent and entrepreneurial as you can. Consider creating networks, parallel economic and social networks, a kind of Christian remnant who is self-sufficient and can resist their imperatives and withstand the economic onslaught that is already underway, actually. Of course, then there's the ESG. I would divest from all the ESG stocks because there you're feeding the beast. And uh, I would say the final thing is uh, that we need to uh, we need to see ourselves as a remnant who will not submit to this. And that may be the best that we can do. Yeah. Wow. And those nine uh, points there that you just brought up, are those all in the book as well? Yes. They're, they're in the last chapter of my book. It's called The Grand Refusal. Okay. Well, another reason that uh, I want people to pick up a copy of that here because, uh, yeah, we don't have time. In fact, uh, Lord willing, maybe I can get you back on, Michael, and we can just take those nine and go. We could spend easily two, three, four programs just talking about yeah. <laughs> breaking yeah. those down. So, But uh, at this point, I'll just encourage people to pick up The Great Reset and The Struggle for Liberty. Uh, the website, again, is michaelrechtenwald.com. Rechtenwald is R-E-C-T-E-N-W-A-L-D, michaelrechtenwald.com. And thank you so much, Michael. I sure appreciate you being with me. Uh, thanks for having me, Jay. God bless. Yeah, and as I said, I'd love to have you back again. Hopefully we'll be able to do that with my guest, Dr. Michael Rechtenwald, here on the Plumb Line. Let me share my email address. You can reach out and share your comments, thoughts, questions. Maybe you have something you want to pass along to uh, Michael. I can get that along to him if you send that to me. The Plumb Line Radio at gmail.com. Plum is P-L-U-M-B. The Plumb Line Radio at gmail.com. The Great Reset from a Biblical Worldview, our discussion today. And let me know what you thought about it. If you appreciate it, or even if you don't, reach out to me at that email address, theplumlineradio at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on The Plum Line. The Plum Line has been sponsored by Reasons for Hope. Check them out at r4h.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.